Now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. My name is Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located at 6169 North, Northwest Highway on the northwest side of Chicago. Great food, wonderful ownership over there, so make sure you get to Coach's ASAP. Great place to catch a Cub game, even if the offense hasn't been that great. Yes, this is a little recap episode of the first 17 games of the Cubs season, they stand at 8-9. and nine. So not terrible, just not great. It's been a little bit bumpy to watch um, at times, but also sometimes very exciting. So with that, let's take a look at the road to get where they are today. Season started on the 1st of April with a 5-3 loss to the Pirates. The Cubs then rebounded to win the next two games of the series against Pittsburgh and then went to Milwaukee, or hosted Milwaukee, I should say, and won the first game of that series from them. So at this point, they're 3-1, and one, looking good. Then the offense disappears for about 18 straight innings against the Brewers, losing 4-1 to one and 4-2, to two, making them 3-3 three and three on the season. After that, the Cubs headed to Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. They won their home opener, 4-2, to two, then dropped the next two games to Pittsburgh, 8-2 to two and 7-1. to one. They scored three runs in 18 innings against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who many expect to lose well over 100 games. So at that point, the offensive woes really became something that was brought to the attention of the media, of the fans. It was on the broadcast. This team struggles to hit sometimes. And, you know, the Cubs were just looking for that time to break out of that slump, but it didn't happen for a while. They stole a 3-2 win from the Brewers and then finished that series losing 7 to nothing. So... To recap the first four series, which went back and forth, Pirates, Brewers, Pirates, Brewers. They won two of three, lost two of three, lost two of three, and lost two of three. So not a great start. The Cubs needed to win a series, but it didn't get much easier. Over that weekend, they headed to Wrigley, um, this time to host the Atlanta Braves. On April the 16th, they lost to Atlanta 5-2. to two. And then on the 17th, last Saturday, it was a much different story. The Cubs' bats exploded for 13 runs. Chris Bryant hit a pair of homers. David Bodie hit a pair of homers. Rizzo hit a triple. Baez hit a homer. Basically, everyone was getting involved. Wilson Contreras was on fire. It seemed like maybe the bats had finally arrived. Then they lost on Sunday Night Baseball 13-4. to Same score to that same team, this time on the other side of it. Kyle Hendricks had a really tough outing giving up six runs in the first inning, four homers. The Cubs were able to score in that first inning, and Anthony Rizzo hit a pair of homers as well, but it just wasn't good enough to claw back into that game. Then they were off Monday, had a series against the Mets in Chicago, and they've won the first two games of that series, 3-1 on Tuesday, and yesterday they beat the Mets 16-4, a lot of offense, including a grand slam from Javier Baez, putting the Cubs at 8-9. and nine so far let's look ahead for just a second the cubs play the mets today at 6 40 that one gets going in just a couple of hours by the time you're listening to this that may be going on or have passed then over the weekend the cubs host the brewers for three straight 120 ball games at wrigley field they finish up april by having four games in atlanta against the braves and then finish up april on april 30th at cincinnati and then begin may also against those same Reds. As it stands right now, 
The Cubs are in fourth place in the NL Central at 8-9. and nine. Leading the division is the 11-7 Milwaukee Brewers, who are led by some fantastic pitching at the moment. Corbin Burns seems on track for a potential Cy Young award. And Brandon Woodruff's been great, Freddie Peralta as well. And of course, as the Cubs know better than most, Josh Hader out of that bullpen is filthy. Then in second place, the 9-9 Cincinnati Reds. Um, they are currently playing at the Diamondbacks as we speak. They have been led by a lot of offense, mostly from Nicholas Castellanos, who many Cubs fans remember for his great run back in 2019. And third place, surprisingly enough, the Pittsburgh Pirates, 9-10 on the year. They're off today. Um, but they've been led by some nice youth pieces. Not many people expect them to stay in this race all that long, but they're off to a nice start, almost 500, about 20 games in. Then, of course, the Cubs in fourth at 8-9, and nine, and then to the music of all Cubs fans' ears, the St. Louis Cardinals pulling up the rear at 8-10 and 10 in last place. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt have been great, but that's about it for the St. Louis Cardinals. So I expect a lot of this to change in the NL Central, but that's how it stands right now with the Cubs at 8-9. and nine. And Let's just take a look at some of the Cubs' stats. It's not that pretty. They're uh, bottom in the league in batting average. Yesterday's 16 to 4 win with the amount of hits that they had in that game just barely raised their season batting average over 200, just to 201. So here's the thing. You look at this Cubs team and you wonder why does this offense struggle so much? And you look at this Cubs team a little bit further and you wonder how are these the same problems that have been going on since 2018 when Theo Epstein said our offense broke? The Cubs crumbled away in September, lost the wild card game and the, the division to the Brewers and ended up out of the playoffs. The next year, 2019, the Cubs don't make the playoffs. They have a brutal September collapse, including nine straight games. And what happened then? No offense. Oh, well, we'll have a reckoning. We'll make sure everything gets fixed. We'll look for production over potential, etc. They returned the same team out there for 2020 who were off to a great start, but then, of course, the playoffs came, scored one run in 18 innings against the Miami Marlins, and were swept away out of the 2020 playoffs. Then Theo Epstein left. Jed Hoyer said some changes will, made, will, will be made. And the biggest difference is instead of Kyle Schwarber out and left, if it, it's a different left-handed power hitter who also struggles in the batting average column. As it stands right now offensively, Cubs have been led by Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, Javier Baez, and Anthony Rizzo. Three great, or four, I should say, great people to be led by. Bryant, so far, off to the best start of the four. He's got 15 hits and 56 at-bats, good for a two sixty-eight batting average. He's got five homers, 10 RBI, and he's hitting nine eighty in terms of OPS. So not too bad for Chris. Obviously, we know he's got MVP potential, but we haven't seen it out of him. He certainly looks a lot healthier than before, and if you'd like a better margin on that, he had five home runs through the first 14 games this season. Five home runs through the first 14 games this season. 13, actually. Last year, he had four home runs in a 60-game season. He battled injury, only ended up playing in about 33 of those games. So it's clear, Bryant's off to a much better start. He's in much better shape this year in 2021. Rizzo was off to a bit of a slow start, 
But the power's starting to come back for him. He's got three homers, just five runs driven in on the year. But he's also got 12 walks and two steals so far this season. So he's been on base a lot, and he's really starting to get hot. A great piece of this order, especially as he looks for a contract extension. He's hitting 246, but that average has been climbing. On base, 371, and his OPS is 845 to go along with his three homers and five RBI. Then there's Wilson Contreras. He started off very slow, but then got scorching hot right around the time of that Atlanta series. He hit four, had four straight games with a homer, including a multi-homer game, which is why he's got five dingers on the year, nine runs driven in. He's hitting 269 with a 391 on base percentage, and his OPS is 968. Keep an eye on Wilson to be a representative for the National League in the All-Star game at catcher. And if the Cubs are smart, keep an eye on Wilson to get his contract extended ASAP. And the final player I wanted to touch on here is Javier Baez. He's got five home runs, a team-leading 16 RBI, but also a team-low one walk and a team-high 31 strikeouts. It's just a really peculiar start to the season for Javier, who we know has a ton of power but not a whole lot of plate discipline. You look at his season split averages, or I guess I should say what he's projected to do for the rest of the year, he's supposed to hit 40 homers, drive in over 120 runs, and steal 50 bases. You're like, wow, that's an MVP season. That's fantastic. Oh, but he's supposed to bat 200 with over 300 strikeouts. Obviously a small sample size, can't read into it all that much, but Javi's off to one of the weirdest starts of a season ever. And then, of course, you've got Ian Happ, who's been struggling a little bit out of the leadoff spot, but he's drawn his walks and getting on base a lot. Jason Hayward, same can be said from him. Jack Peterson, just two extra base hits, a homer and a triple, only seven hits on the season. Um, they'd like to get a little bit more production out of him, especially since they all but promised him an everyday role. Second base has been a question mark, especially since Nico Horner hasn't joined the team. David Bodie, Eric Sogard, and Matt Duffy have pretty much, and Ildemaro Vargas have pretty much juggled that position. Sogard has been the most productive thus far. Matt Duffy has been getting some spot starts at third base as well. David Bodie has been struggling. Um, he does have a couple of homers to his credit this year, but other than that, hasn't been too pretty from him. Nico Horner, just a few more weeks until service time-wise, the Cubs will likely bring him back up. That's been the story of the offense. A few bright signs, but overall, a decent amount of power, but really not enough hits, not enough base runners, not enough action on the base paths. Cubs would like to see that grow. Um, over the last seven games, they've played it well over 30 runs, and it took them the first 11 or 12, maybe 13 games to get to that mark this season. So we'll keep an eye on that as the season goes along. But let's take a look at the pitching, which has been up and down so far this season. The best pitcher that the Cubs can boast, Craig Kimbrell. He's been off to a fantastic start, um, yet to give up a run, only allowed just one hit. He's been very good for this Cubs team out of the bullpen. Andrew Chafin, you can say the same thing about and the rest of the bullpen has been pretty solid. I know the first time through or second time through the rotation, they were one of the best units in all of baseball. Jason Adam has been really good out of the pen as well. Dylan Maples had a good outing or two in there. Justin Steele, same goes for him. Pedro Strope hasn't allowed a run when he came up, but he's back in the minors right now. 
Brandon Workman, who the Cubs expect to be near that setup role, has a 3.38 ERA in just five and a third innings pitched. Dan Winkler has a 1.69. He's been good as well. This bullpen, there's a lot of options for David Ross, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But so far, he's done a good job managing what has been a very successful unit. Out of the rotation, Jake Arrieta's been great. Three wins. He's the only player with three on the team. A 2.86 ERA, 22 innings pitched, 20 hits, just seven runs allowed, and 18 strikeouts. He's not going to win the Cy Young this year, but it certainly is nice to see Jake back in cubby blue. Kyle Hendricks has had a pair of clunkers. He's got two losses on the year, um, and he's already allowed 10 runs this season. You expect him to settle down. He often starts a little bit slow, but this has been a little bit more concerning than we'd like to see, especially the way he got roughed up against Atlanta, but I expect Hendricks to figure it out. rest of the rotation has been solid. Trevor Williams, 2-1 and one so far this season. Zach Davies, 1-2. and two. Davies had a really good first start, got roughed up real bad in one of his starts as well. Keep an eye on the Padre trade that we got from him. He could be a guy that the Cubs potentially trade later in the season as well. Alec Mills does have a start um, and a win on the year, and so does Adbert Alzali. He's got two actually and two losses, but we'll see Alzali on the rotation over the weekend against Milwaukee. But that's kind of the way it stands right now with the team, and those are the updates I have for you. It's especially important to keep your eye on the fact that this team has a lot of players, I believe 15 in a walk year. So you get some guys off to a good start. Maybe those guys become some trade chips later in the offseason that the Cubs can get some more controllable talent for and build towards the future. Maybe with all these guys in walk years, they're motivated and they play really well and this team's in contention. Well, you have a little bit of flexibility because of some of the moves you made this offseason. Maybe you can take on some payroll and make a run in the playoffs. And the bottom line, too, with all that flexibility, that's 15 potential options to re-sign. That's Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and more to potentially re-sign. A good start or a bad start can go a long way into deciding which way this team turns in July or potentially earlier with trades or extensions. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that here from me and the Cubs corner as the season progresses. And if any of that happens, we'll make sure to get you guys an episode ASAP. But for now, thank you guys all for listening. I really appreciate it. We'll be back weekly during the season. Hope to get Maddie Lee from NBC Sports Chicago on here soon. Hopefully hearing from Tony Andracchi from Marquee Network, David Kaplan soon, and potentially checking in with the new play-by-play voice of the Cubs, Boog Shambi, as well as hearing from the former play-by-play voice of the Cubs and the new radio play-by-play voice of the Sox, Len Casper. A lot of potential options up here. I'll be trying to get as many episodes cranked out as possible. As always, this episode, past, and future episodes will be available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, I thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.